0: Nathan Fillion is here. It's uh, nice to see you again. I know it's been a long time, but you were here when you were first launching the series. Yes. And I wonder, when did you get the feeling like, okay, we're not just launching a new show and hoping people like it. This thing works.
1: When did I know it had some traction? Yeah.
0: When did I know it had some legs, some feet
1: that it could stand on? I knew it was a great show that had a great engine that could keep it going. Since that time... I think more people have learned that, and I think we have even uh, better engines within the storylines to keep this thing moving forward. An idea for a TV show is great. If it doesn't have uh, longevity, if your idea can't keep moving without becoming tired,
0: uh, your show can be lost. And I think we have some ideas that will keep, keep us moving forward. One of the hardest things I have to imagine to do with a show is to create a certain tone. And I don't know if it was in the Bible when you guys started it out, but the tone on The Rookie is that it's kind of playful, a mm-hmm. bit funny, but entirely rooted in the real world. And sometimes when there's crime, it's pretty ugly.
1: That's right. The, the whole idea is that uh, when, uh, when the radio
0: comes off for a call on a
1: job, you have no idea what that thing, that call is going to be. It could be a cat in a tree. It could be a triple homicide. It could be something very, very dangerous. It
0: could be something obscure and wonderful. We never actually know it's got such a soft touch and maybe i'm overthinking things that it's i mean it's it's by no means a comedy no but, you know, especially your character, there's an almost impishness about him. And there is there a are,
1: lightheartedness I think, yeah. that, that some people and myself, too, I think kind of enjoy in life. I like to keep life a little bit lighthearted. And, and Alexi Hawley, uh, our executive producer and her, well, our head writer, our big cheese, is so great at, like you said, creating that tone and deciding where that's going to lie. And then on top of that, we have incredibly talented actors who understand What to do with that vision, because without that
0: understanding and without their talent, uh, we're lost. Well, and an interesting aspect as well about the show. I mean, of course, you are the star of The Rookie, but pretty well any of the other characters and or actors could easily be a star.
1: Exactly. At any point in time, you could turn on The Rookie, and whoever's on screen, it could be a standalone show
0: right there with that character. One character I've always found particularly compelling, and uh, we don't have to give away how this, what the outcome of this was, but uh, Rosalind Dyer. Yes. Was it always intended she would just keep on coming back and haunting you, or did she just make a really good impression the first time around?
1: We wanted to create a world uh, that uh, keeps getting more realistic, and I think Part of that is bringing back characters that the uh, audience is familiar with, and uh, the Rosalind Dyer was a a danger that uh, worked really, really well for us, and an incredible actress who does wonderful work. We couldn't not.
0: Have her back, yeah. There was a deliciousness, a right? Yes, yeah. And The fact that she's got freckles just makes it all the more frightening, <laughs> yeah. Now there's a spin off, yes. Uh, rookie Feds. Again, question was that always the intention and they introduced the character on the rookie for purposes of spin off, or was that she was so amazing? Somebody said, We got to make her own show.
1: I think that whenever you start making a TV show, you have a list of hopes and dreams and wishes. And on that list is, I hope we have a fantastic time slot. I hope we're a number one show. I hope we get five spin-offs. So... Pipe dreams always. The fact that this has become a reality, uh, the odds are really stacked against us, and here we are. We have a, a network that's shown us an, an incredible amount of uh, support. And not only have they given us the spinoff, they've also given us an incredible time slot now on Tuesday nights with the rookie feds right behind us. And actually, this is something I could get your help with. I'm trying right. to start a new thing here. Okay. The new Netflix and chill, Tuesday night, Rookie Nookie. Okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it must be kind of fun that there is so much overlap between those two shows. Yeah, you we get to kind of on each dance back and shows. forth. We get okay. to jump back and forth. So it's turning two... into a bit of like Boston Fire and Boston Police and Boston whatever the other one is. Yeah. Mean, you guys have this empire now where you can appear on each other's shows.
1: Exactly. Less Boston, less fire, but lots of police and lots of crossovers, yes. Well, that's Actually,
0: ex- Chicago, isn't it that franchise? It's Chicago Fire, that's yeah. right. Okay, I'm an <laughs> idiot. Know, it sounded smart, though. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I know we talked talked about it in the first interview, but I want to hear more about it. Training in order to comport yourself like a police officer. Is that an ongoing thing? We have a couple of uh, wonderful uh, police consultants uh, who help us, Bob Wu
1: and Chick Daniel. They are are actually fantastic people. They understand uh, we need to learn uh, certain aspects of policing. They also understand, at the same time, we're making a TV show. So sometimes policing gives way to story, sometimes story gives way to policing, but we we feel a responsibility to make it realistic, to make sure we never do anything that makes police look uh, incompetent or dumb. And it's, it's gotten to a point where we all feel a real sense of pride in what we do police-wise. <sighs> So every season, they offer a little refresher, and you'll, every season you'll learn something a little new. We get to go to these really incredible police academy. Um, they have little streets and neighborhoods set up and show you how you pull over a car properly, show you how you clear a building properly, uh, what if there's a problem in the street. Where are you looking? What are you doing? Things that I would never think about in my day-to-day, but the police have to think about all the time. I've played a police officer once. I've been a
0: bit player. and We don't have to exaggerate the importance of the career. What was However, your character name? I don't remember. I think it was, I think it was police officer number. <laughs> Two. gotcha yeah it was not it was I, I mean it tells you everything that it was an episode of a show I can't remember and it was directed by the accountant's nephew So <laughs> it was not an important thing gotcha. But all that to lead up to the fact that as soon as I put on that belt and that equipment I walked different I stood differently it wasn't about being an actor It's just this stuff kind of comes naturally if you're taking on all the stuff that a police officer has
1: There is an authority in the uniform. There is uh, an authenticity in wearing the equipment and having all that heavy heft around you and, and feeling the weight of
0: the badge on your shirt. You can't help but be inspired. You really can't has gun conduct on the set changed at all in the wake of what happened on a on a film set or because again in that one the gun handling was so extreme the one that I was in I cannot imagine that the rules could be tightened anymore but I mean is there more
1: there is more tightening to be done we actually um, we had used blanks a, a few times on our show but we tend to use a lot of uh, airsoft it just it's simply a, an air canister in the gun that allows the gun mechanism to operate we add a flash in later which when you're using blanks, you often have to use a, a little computerized flash, uh, fl- muzzle flare, anyway, because it, sometimes the flash happens between, uh, between frames. Mm-hmm. Nothing has really changed on screen, yet the safety factor for actors, we are the first show in Los Angeles to go completely non-gun. Cool. Yeah,
0: I wanted to talk about a couple of other things. I mean, mostly obviously, we're here to talk about your two TV shows, but uh, you've done video games. It's true. And I, I wonder if I mean you've played characters, obviously, but did you also have to do the thing where you spend a day grunting, yelling, being stabbed, all that stuff?
1: Yes, all the effort noises uh, that that you you put that all at the very end of your your, your recording day. You usually do it in little four hour blocks. You take care of all the lines, all the things you have to do. Then you go back and you take care of all the yelling lines, everything you have to do. Then you go back and all the grunts, the laughs, the efforts, the, the panting, the screams, the, the groans
0: and the deaths. Yes. deaths, yes. Okay. Have you had some extraordinary deaths? or?
1: Visually, yes, they are extraordinary. Uh, they all kind of sound like the same grunt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and one last thing to ask you about. You guys are kind of famous for the gallery of guest stars yes. you've had on the yes. show. Yes, yes. That must be fun to introduce somebody and they only have to be there for one episode and maybe they're a good guy or a bad guy. I've had some really wonderful uh,
1: jobs. I, I went and did a, uh, a film with my friend uh, James Gunn called the Suicide Squad where I met the incredible Pete Davidson who I underestimated immediately. I didn't think we'd be friends at all. Within five minutes, I was so ashamed because this guy is so incredible. I invited him to come do The Rookie. I think he's been with us three times now. Because he plays your brother, doesn't he? He plays my half-brother, Pete, and uh, he is a crew favorite. People absolutely
0: love having Pete Davidson on the show. Nice to see you again. It's uh, nice to see you have so much success with the two shows as well. Thank you. What a pleasure. Thank you very much.